Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, everybody. If you're on YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, I strongly suggest you go <laughs> check us out on YouTube because Megan's face, like you, you see me laughing uh, when the cameras come up and you see Megan's face and I see Megan's face on the screen <laughs> and the amount of exasperation in her face was <laughs> a lot. We've had a rough uh, start to Whiskey and Wonder today for yes. episode 101. Which yes. is a part two episode. So if you have not listened to part one, we highly suggest you go back and listen to last week's or well, two weeks ago's episode. Yes. Which is part one. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, she's Megan, I'm Tyler. We do Whiskey and Wonder podcast where we review whiskeys and teach one another something we find interesting. And if we're blowing through this intro, it's because this is the second time <laughs> we've done this. Uh we've had had some technical difficulties, had some crackling that apparently I think it was there the last episode or two um, and you know we didn't realize it was coming through the recording end and so we've been trying to troubleshoot that we had some issues with Megan's camera so hopefully we're just hoping that this time this it sticks yes so so anyway uh, if anything else gets weird it's just because is it the is it Friday the thirteenth or something? No, I don't think so. Um, especially considering it's Sunday. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're gonna dive into the announcements. They're short and sweet. I had Megan run through these earlier while I was troubleshooting something while we were recording, and we ended up just deleting the whole recording. So we're gonna start from the beginning. All right. Uh, check us out at Patreon. Uh, it is uh, Patreon.com/slash Whiskey and Wonder. There's some couple tiers there that you can join up. Help support us. You can get access to the episodes a little bit early. Uh, we've been, we've talked a lot about doing some behind the scenes stuff and and adding some stuff. Um, we're just gonna see how how things go. We still gotta work workshop all that out. Mm -hmm. um, but you you definitely can vote on the infinity bottles if you go and listen to episode one hundred. We tested our bourbon infinity bottle, and I was seeing spoiler alert. I, I'm not going to spoil anything. Go, no, go, go listen, listen to go the listen. episode. Go listen. Anyway, uh, our patrons get or our patrons on Patreon get to vote on what goes in the bourbon, rye, and scotch um, infinity bottles. Yes. So it's it's our own little blend. Uh, you get some other perks with some of the other ones. Uh, check out our store at whiskeyandwonder.com. We have stickers, t-shirts, whiskey tumblers for your whiskey drinks. Um. And that's pretty much the gist of the announcements. They yep. they haven't really changed in a while. Nope. So, um, thank you to everyone who does support us. Who uh, is a patron? Who uh, donates to PayPal? Who eat, likes, shares, subscribes, talks to your friends? Um, everything you do helps us out and keeps us here. That's why we're at episode one hundred and one. So, thank you guys so much for everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I I can't echo that enough. Um, you know, whiskey's not free. For hosting a website's not free. Taxes ain't free. No, they ain't, so, and they are due. And they are due. Yes, they are. So, uh, on that note, thank you guys who do support us. 100%. Even if even if that's just liking and sharing and telling your friends and commenting, that helps us. Uh, we've seen an uptick in our listens that we're not. We're still not sure if it's the real <laughs> deal or or if it because it seemed to all be coming. They all seem to be coming on one or 
we get hundreds of listens on one day. And <laughs> so maybe it's real. Maybe it's a glitch in the system. We don't know. Um, it's real. Yeah. Thank it, you guys. It's real. Thank you guys. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, let's move it on. Open segment. All right, Megan. All right, let's Tyler. let's start in the open segment. Um, I f- well, firstly, let's talk a little bit about why why it's been two weeks. Uh, so I'll let you. Um. So I was hellaciously sick, which apparently seems just to be a pattern that is just happening every couple months. I just get super sick. Don't know why. Um, and Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday, 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 Sunday. Yes. So Megan and I, it was Super Bowl Sunday and I don't know if you had plans, but I had plans. I had plans to be I, at someone's Super Bowl party. I had to work. Ah. Um, so we had agreed to record on Saturday and I have no idea when that- you started feeling bad, but um, you just texted me on Saturday and... So like this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So so we weren't able to uh weren't able to record last week, but never fear, we're picking up part two. Correct. Today. Um Yes. I have I just mentioned something to Megan uh in between our failed recording and this recording. Um and that is that she may be we may be adding something to the studio that would uh benefit her to a certain extent, and it is because Shelby is going to move in. (gasps) You waited to tell this on the open segment! Yeah. Oh my god, that's so cool! Oh, you guys just heard Megan's Unfiltered reaction there. Authentic Um, reaction. I clipped so hard. Oh my god. Sorry, I want to apologize. Let me let me turn her down for a minute. (laughs) Sorry, that's so cool. (laughs) Let oh me my turn God. her down just for a minute, you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so Shelby and I are going to move in together. She's going to move here, um, and she needs a place to work when she works from home, so we're going to put a monitor over there, and she's going to use your side of the desk. There. Oh, my God, that's um, so cool. Yeah, she's. We've, uh, we're, we're shooting for the summer. Um, she's working on getting her house ready to be rented, and I'm working on clearing out some of my shit and make room for her shit. And yeah, I'll be honest. I'm really overwhelmed. I am. <laughs> Fair. I am. I've never lived with anybody that I've, you know, been dated or been dating or anything. So it, I'm, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm excited too. So this is such a huge, awesome step. Like I am so stoked. Well, this is so cool. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I know a bunch of people out there are saying congrats, and I know a lot of Shelby's family listens. So I guess if you guys come to visit, you'll be coming to our house. Oh, so, does that is that just weird to say yeah, it's our weird. house? It's weird. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Our house in the middle of our street. <laughs> anyway, um, excuse me, I choked on my own spit there. That that's uh some news. The other news is and Megan Megan I, I can't tell her this on the air because she's already seen it and had her reaction. Um but I've spent the last um I don't know 
month and a half, two months, like obsessing over woodworking videos on YouTube. Like that's all basically all I've been watching. And I'm like, I can do this. And I don't know if you guys remember uh, a couple weeks ago that Shelby was out of town for work, but I spent the entire week basically building a, a workbench and work table. And I had some cabinets in my garage from um, a friend of mine. They bought their house and they tore some cabinets out and gave them to me. I didn't take the tops and I just went out, bought a sheet of plywood and put that down on top and made it a station. And I've just kind of turned it into a small little wood wood shop and I've started building uh, my first couple projects and I'm pretty excited with how they're coming along. Um, so my free time has been going into that instead of whiskey and wonder, <laughs> but you know, well, I have fun with it. I enjoy making stuff and putting it together. So all good. I mean, from what I saw out there, like you're doing really good for it being, you know, your first couple of projects. So like, yeah. that's awesome. I'd, I'd pay money for what's out there. I yeah. won't say what it is. Cause I don't know. Oh, I'll, I, I'm, I tried my hand to make a little planter, like a little plant. You put plants in, um, and I'm pretty happy with how it's come out. I, it I'm not, looks really I'm not good. finished yet. I have material. Uh, one thing I'm going to try, um, and I'm just making this for me uh, to start with, but I have um, walnut and cherry wood that I'm going to use to make an ingrain cutting board in like a oh, checkered, cool. checkerboard pattern. So um, that'll be, those can be, get really expensive. Yeah. Um, so... I'm gonna I'm gonna make one and see see how that goes. It seems like everybody and their brother that does woodworking woodworking makes um, cutting boards, but you know it's a nice little thing to have. So. Yeah, for sure. But that's been what's been going on in my life. Uh, Shelby and I got. <laughs> I'm sure if you guys listened last year, you know that I got Shelby hooked on NASCAR, um, and today was the Daytona 500. So she has been so excited for it to come back. And so we spent the day watching the Daytona 500 and had a had a fun time. So very cool, very cool. What about you? What's been going on in your life other than um, being sick? I mean, being sick. Um, also, did oh, I guess we? It would have been after. So not only was I sick, I ripped a ligament in my hand. Um, folding towels, <laughs> which is the most grown-up bullshit I've ever heard. Um, Please tell me the towel had very little to do with this. Like, you... Please tell me you fell somehow and, <laughs> like, you know. Nope. Um. So I got into my head that I was going to start ranger folding every towel in existence. Ranger folding? Is that the thing where you roll it up into, like, a little... You burrito? roll it up into like a po- a pocket, yeah. Okay, and yeah, a little yeah. pocket burrito thing. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I travel with like t-shirts and stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. I decided I was going to do that, um, and like organize the linen closet and like um, make it look all like organized and stuff. And so I took every single towel that Jamie and I have, and I st- just folded them all in that little burrito roll. And like my very last towel, my ligament popped and Jamie could hear it from across the room it went and I went oh no uh so right in where like my thumb connects with the rest of my hand uh it was all like swollen and 
bruised and icky. So I've had a brace on, um, on and off for the majority of a couple of weeks now. Have you been to the doctor? Um, yes. Oh, uh, so they told you that's what it yep. was? Okay. Yep. Been to the doctor. They did x-rays to make sure since it was such a loud pop, they were like, that's weird. But yep. Nope. Nothing broke or anything. It was just. Left hand? Yep. Left hand, which is my dominant hand. Um. I ever show you uh, what's up with my left thumb? No. What's wrong with your left thumb? I broke it in college. You see that bone that sticks out there? Yeah. It ain't supposed to. It's supposed to be in oh, like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Tyler just moved his entire thumb by like poking it for yeah. those of you guys not on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I'll try to show it on YouTube. Uh, so long story short, I broke my thumb uh, playing intramural flag football in college. And by the time I was able to get to the doctor and they take x-rays of it and whatnot because I, I have a phobia of doctors. Uh I've always had one, and um, they basically said, well, it started healing, so we're going to have to re-break it. I said, the hell you are. <laughs> you're not re-breaking it. Anyway, so. here, on, if you're not on YouTube, go check it out. I'll show you what's going on with my thumb here real quick. All right, so I'm going to, he's holding his hand out, and he can push his thumb, and it like, <laughs> that's where it's supposed to re- <laughs> realigns. Yeah, that's where it's supposed to be, but like, if if you look at, Oh, if, if I it's hold, hella if, fucked up. If I hold my thumbs up, it's off to the side. It's hella fucked up. Yeah, it's one, one like goes. <laughs> yeah, it goes, goes at like a forty-five way. degree angle. <laughs> I got Michael Strahan thumbs. Um, so you saying that you got injured actually jarred something that happened. Oh, um, uh oh. Yeah, I was at work. Uh, I don't know. I guess this was about two and a half. I guess it'll be three weeks ago, um, either Monday or Tuesday this week. And I was in a hurry and we have this little wooden bridge over like a drainage ditch. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it ha- it does it's just a flat bridge. There's no handrails or anything. No grip tape, nothing. Uh-oh. And there was um, uh, some frost on it. And I stepped mm. on it and I had been having, I stepped on it with my left foot. And I'd been having issues with my right ankle. I was wearing an ankle brace that day. And I stepped on it with my left foot and slid Mm. and drug my right foot across the ground and just slammed it into the side of the wood. Mm. It's still swollen and bruised to this day. I'm pretty sure I broke something in my foot. It doesn't hurt unless I like touch it or squeeze it or am like tightening my ankle brace on it. You should probably get that checked out. It's fine. (laughs) <laughs> I can I can walk without an issue. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hate doctors, and I am not going to pay their ridiculous medical bills. Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, anyway, how else has your two weeks been? Uh, other than that, um, I went back to uh, Lake Norman Hair Studio, so shout out to them. Um, with Jamie, she got her hair touched up, and she got her eyes redone um which tyler this was an episode when you were on vacation um the listeners who have been here know that jamie got her eyeballs tattooed um she got that's a fucking thing yep that's a thing um (laughs) so jamie went and got um (laughs) that's about my reaction uh went and got permanent makeup like done um, so she tattooed like permanent eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
And that's we, one way to do it. I guess I kind of did that with a beard. I don't like shaving. That's Jamie doesn't like doing makeup, no. but likes having it on, likes okay. the way it makes her look. So, right. and her eyes are super twitchy. So she was like, all right, I'm going to go get it done and make it permanent. So we originally went a couple months ago and um, Michelle, which shout out if you're listening, Michelle, um, because she's like friends with Jamie, she was like really sweet and like soft about it. And the tattoo didn't stick. Um, she wasn't heavy-handed enough. She didn't use a thick enough needle. Mm. And Jamie apparently has, like, super skin. Um, so we went back and had it redone. And she had to use, like, a bigger tattoo gun um, and, like, five additional needles that are bigger and to, like, dig it into her eyelid, which is just terrifying <laughs> um yeah as somebody who has zero tattoos and doesn't like needles i'm not really trying to picture this yep so that that was like the most interesting thing i've done the past couple of weeks is watch jamie get her eyes tattooed again and uh so far the line is staying so hopefully it's like actually stuck on there now and well fingers crossed doesn't uh, come off <laughs> For some reason, I was when you said eyeball ta- or not eyeball tattoo, but had her eyes tattooed. You were thinking the like the eyeball, yeah, like what people do with their lips and tattoo the inside of their mm-hmm. lips. I was like, she did that with her eyeball. Like, what does she need to see that's <laughs> that important? Like, but okay, it makes sense if it's eyeliner esque. So yes, um, I do have one more thing. I want to talk to you about, but it is something else has happened in these two weeks, but I don't really want to broadcast it on air. So remind me when we're done to tell you about that as well. Okay. So I know I'm being very mysterious, but if I don't tell Megan to remind me, I'll forget. Okay. So. Okay. I will do my best to remind you. Let me just say it this way. We're going to get a new studio. So, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. And on that note, we're going to move into the whiskey. Opening the bottle. All right, guys. Today, we are drinking a whiskey that I desperately want to call the name of another beverage. (laughs) (laughs) She's already done it several times. So, we are drinking Mellow Corn. This is made by Heaven Hill. Yes. And it is about, it's bottled in bond, and it's about uh, 15 to 20 bucks. It is a cheapo. But everybody wants it. Yeah? It's it's hard to find. Is it? I've seen it in two stores. The one I got this one, and one other store where I bought my first Booker's and something else. Basically, I had four or five bottles in my hand that were like 400 bucks and I said I can't spend that. I can spend 150. All right. Um Mellow Corn went back. So Mellow Corn, which at some point I'm just going to go ahead, I'm going to call it Mellow Yellow because it is a yellow whiskey with a yellow label. I'm it's going to end up being called Mellow Yellow, which I know is a soda, a soda. So like don't come at me. I can't. It just Mellow Yellow. I want to say it. Um, so Heaven Hill Distillery, in the middle of the Great Depression, cash was scarce and economic confidence was low, but post-Prohibition America was still thirsty for great whiskey, 
and Bardstown had loads of distilling talent. Combining the two made an obvious business opportunity. In 1934, a group of investors approached Mose, George, Gary, David, and Ed Shapira with the opportunity to create a distillery. The proposition was simple. If the Shapiras, who had built their business Akumon as department store retailers, would contribute $17,500 in startup capital, the operating group would invest an equal amount and run it. And the deal was sealed, and the original Heaven Hill Springs distillery was built, which is what this is distilled from. Um, so mellow corn um, is a straight corn whiskey, which has been aged um, in used Heaven Hill barrels. Unlike bourbon, which needs to have at least 51% corn in its mash bill and aged in new charred oak barrels, a corn whiskey must contain at least 80% corn in its mash bill, and if aged, can be aged in new, uncharred, or used oak barrels. Straight corn whiskey is corn whiskey that has been aged for two years or more. And Heaven Hill says that they aged these guys for four years. Well, I will... uh... Be honest, I have. If you're looking at this, you can see the bottle's almost half empty. Just the way I like my bottles open and drank. I have had this. Um, I want to be careful about what I say um, for various reasons, but I. My group that I share with, we're no longer sharing unless we're at someone's house. So we we decided that was the best course of action. That's another thing we'll talk about off air. Um, so I've been smelling this, and it smells very... Well, I guess my point of saying all that is I have had this. Um, this is not my first time having this, and I've been smelling it, and it 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 smells basic. Yeah, basic is a really good way to put it. It's very, I mean, it smells like a really simple. Yeah, it's got a little bit of sweet, a little bit of a little uh, bit of grain. Yeah, um, a little bit of corn, frankly. Yeah, a little bit of uh, oak. Nothing crazy. Yeah, I can't. I I literally can't pick out anything special it's just corn vanilla there's some spice alcohol. to alcohol yep it's it's definitely burning my nose a little bit but um yeah nothing nothing insane nothing, with it yeah so. nothing that goes out of the box um this says uh so corn filled scent um vanilla this person said sweet plantains and oak and i agree with everything except the plantains um, they do go on to say the nose is far from impressive, which I mean, <laughs> well, we're going to find out. Yep. So Tyler's going to go ahead and give it a sip, sip, sip as I, uh, watch his face and watch him react. Um, I really don't get plantains as much as I, I'm trying well, I found, to. I found one that says raisins on the nose and I don't get that. Um, Flavor-wise, it's very 
it's the thing that sticks out to me is there. It's very smooth at the beginning and it's smooth overall, but it's, it's got a little bit of a burn that lingers. Um, a little bit oaky flavor, a little bit vanilla flavor, a little bit sweet, uh, kind of basic, but smooth, not bad. Not what I would expect for a 15 to $20 bottle. No. Um, and nothing jumps out as like a unique flavor. It is it is a very basic whiskey. Um, like Tyler said, we get smoke, uh, we get some vanilla, um, ooh, corn. On my second sip, uh, and I know you hate when I say this, and if you're a long time listener, you'll know that I say this a decent amount. This is it tastes like the buttered popcorn jelly bean. I definitely get that flavor. Hold. Hold. Hold the please. Do, 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 do. That's Megan's thinking face if you're on YouTube. I will say I get popcorn. Okay. Well, I get the popcorn jelly bean. I get popcorn. And maybe that's from the corn, but I can, I can get popcorn. Did you just flip me off? No. Oh. You were, she's over there doing this, and I was like, I'm sorry. okay, all right, then we're going to play that way today. No, I was trying to itch my nose, but okay. was it with my middle finger? Yeah, 100%. Oh, shit, it was I like thought this. it was with, I was. It looked, it might have been, I just thought it was the middle finger. I was trying to use my index <laughs> finger. If you're on YouTube, let us know if you saw me itch my nose. What finger did yeah. I use? Yeah. Uh, no, I did not mean, okay. that was not intentional. My bad. No harm, no foul. <laughs> anyway. Um. All right. So, popcorn, vanilla, oak, basic, basic Betty. Like I, I don't know what else to say. So, what do these people say? Uh, corn, rich vanilla, dried banana chips. Which no, mm-mm. no, not getting that. Toasted oak, and mixed nuts. Mm. Yeah, not getting much nuts. Uh, the the one I've got here is a uh, sweet. Uh, a little bit of butterscotch, uh, smooth, and <laughs> guy says, or person says, it kind of numbed the sides of my tongue. Oh, all right. I mean. Uh, they said, uh, also the finish was kind of a little bit of sweet tea with licorice, but I don't, I don't get that I don't at get all. that at I, all. Not at all. Um, this person says, like, uh, despite the proof, it's quite manageable, which, Yeah. And uh, just for record, it is 100 proof right here mm-hmm. on the top. Um, it's just, they say it's a very simple flavor flavor profile. And it's an uncomplicated finish that just consists of vanilla and corn. Um, so, I mean, nothing to write home about, but for a $15 price point, this might be... Uh, yeah. Something to look into. Well, I certainly, um, I'm surprised by how smooth it is. Uh, I've been surprised every time I've had it, how smooth it is for for its price range. So, hmm. Heaven Hill, it seems like you've got something something good going. Possibly. Um, we will sip on this and find out exactly what's going, or what we think of it towards 
towards the end here, but for the time being, we're going to go ahead and jump into the Wonder segment this week, which is part two from episode 100. So go listen to 100 before listening to this. It's time for the Wonder segment. Alrighty. <clears throat> so, uh-oh. There went that static again. There was that again. little crackly. Yep. Hopefully you guys are not hearing that. Nope. Hopefully that's it. There's no more. Yes. So. <clears throat> part two. Part two. Uh, this is Elvis Presley. Part two, by the way. The king of rock and roll. If you weren't with us last week. But again, I would highly suggest you go back and listen to that episode. Uh, last. Well, two weeks ago. Sorry. We left off at the point where Elvis had become a regional star in the South. We covered his childhood, how he was a shy teenager and struggled with performance anxiety, how he managed to get his name out there and his performances that put him, quote-unquote, on the map. Uh, If you haven't listened to that episode, obviously, go back, check it out. Uh, This week, we're going to dive into the rest of his life, and hopefully, I've kept it at a decent length. So without further ado, let's pick back up in January of 1955. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, give you a spoiler alert here from the last paragraph because I obviously didn't go back and reread my first paragraph. This is going to be a three-parter. <gasps> what? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot on Elvis. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure if it'll be next week or the following week. Okay. But there will be a third part on Elvis. So... Anyway, back to 1955. Bob Neal, who you'll remember from the previous episode, was Elvis's manager, or who was Elvis's manager in quotation marks. In January of 1955, they've signed a formal contract, making it official, and then Neal introduced Elvis to uh, a gentleman that he thought was the greatest music promoter in the business, Colonel Tom Parker which if you've seen the recent Elvis movie is kind of the story of Elvis and Colonel Tom Parker, from what I hear. I haven't seen it. I have not seen it either. Uh, he was played, Colonel Tom Parker was played by Tom Hanks in the movie. Hmm. So. so let's talk about old Colonel Tom for a minute. Uh, he was born Andreas Cornelius Van Quijic in June of 1909 in the Netherlands. As a young man, he began talking about running away to the U.S. to quote-unquote make his fortune. Uh, he believed, uh, he believed he illegally immigrated to the U.S. in 1929, where he began calling himself Tom Parker. It's actually believed by some that Parker was a suspect or a person of interest in a murder that occurred only a few streets from where he lived, and that was his motivation to illegally enter the U.S. Um, since the U.S. and the Netherlands have an expedition extradition treaty. They do or they do not have one? They do. So he so could if have, he came here legally, the U.S. could have, could have, could have sent, sent him, him away. Would oh. have sent him back. Okay. Um, okay. 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 Yep. So sorry about that pause. I was trying to get some whiskey in there just so I can accurately review it for you guys. Uh, his background was in carnival work where he had started working as a boy, but in 1938, he made the switch to music promotion. Parker had worked with several popular musicians of the time, including Gene Austin, who you may have heard of before. He's got uh, 
I forget what his hit is, but I think he does, or maybe I'm thinking of Gene Autry. Anyway, I think Gene Austin does some um, Christmas carols. Anyway, he worked with Gene Austin, Tommy Sands, Hank Snow, and Eddie Arnold. He got the title of Colonel after helping Jimmy Davis become governor of Louisiana, to which Davis gave him the honorary rank of Colonel in the Louisiana State Militia. Uh, Jimmy Davis was actually a performer uh, in that time as well. In 1955, he met Elvis through Bob Neal, as I mentioned, and soon had booked Elvis on Hank Snow's tour as an opening act. By August of 1955, Sun Records had released 10 sides credited to Elvis Presley, Scotty, and Bill, which was the trio Elvis was performing with from the previous episode. Uh, on On the later of these 10 recordings, a drummer was brought in as well, uh, despite releasing several songs, the group was struggling to get airplay on the radios. Some of the songs recorded were more country, while others were more rhythm and blues or jazz-like, but they had a way of blending the other styles in. Because of this, it was hard to get airtime on the country stations because, quote, it sounded like it sounded too much like bl- a black artist, end quote, and the R&B stations thought it sounded, quote, too much like a hillbilly, end quote. Ultimately, this blend of genres became known as rockabilly. So these guys founded a genre along with rock and roll, another genre. So multiple genres. Yeah. While all this was going on, Elvis was still touring around the South. Roy Orbison recalled seeing Elvis for the first time when Orbison was 19. He said, quote, his energy was incredible. His instinct was just amazing. I didn't know what to make of it. There was just no reference point in the culture to compare it, end quote. That's how you know you're revolutionary, when you're great at something and there's nothing or no one else like it. Facts. The group continued touring around uh, for the second half of 1955 when Elvis renewed uh, Neil's management contract and he appointed Colonel Tom as his quote-unquote special advisor. In addition, the trio added a permanent drummer, uh, DJ Fontana, who you'll remember from the last week, last episode, was the drummer for from Louisiana Hayride. Um, after performing a few shows in support of Bill Haley, Haley noticed that Elvis had a natural feel for rhythm and advised him to sing less ballads. Neil would recall about this time, quote, it was almost frightening the reaction that came to Elvis from the teenage boys. So many of them, through some sort of jealousy, would practically hate him. There were occasions in some towns in Texas where we'd have to be sure to have a police guard because somebody would always try to take a crack at him. Mm. They'd get a gang and try to waylay him or something, end quote. Mm. So teenage boys around the country are getting jealous. Um, in November, Elvis was voted most promising male artist at the Country Disc Jockey Convention. By this time, several record companies were attempting to sign him with several offering as high as $25,000, but ultimately Parker and Sam Sam Phillips, the owner of Sun Records, made an unprecedented deal to sell Elvis' contract to RCA Victor for $40,000. What year is this? This was in November of 1955, I believe. Yep. Um... Because Elvis was only 20, 
which for whatever reason was considered a minor then, Elvis's father had to sign the contract for him. One, that's weird that's minor. Two, yeah. uh, $40,000 in 1955 is equivalent to $446,522 today in 2023. Still seems pretty cheap for uh, Elvis. Elvis Presley? Yeah, I was yeah. like, that's not very Knowing much Knowing what money. we know now. Yeah. Um, uh, where was I? Sorry. Okay, no, 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 you're fine. Um, Tom Parker then organized two entities to handle all new material recorded by Elvis. The first was Elvis Presley Music, and the second was Gladys Music. Gladys was his mother's name. All songwriters were obliged to forego a third of their royalties in exchange for having Elvis to perform their compositions. By December of 1955, Elvis was being heavily promoted by RCA Victor and had reissued many of the songs he'd recorded uh, at Sun Records. So RCA Victor had reissued many of those songs. In addition to Scotty, Bill, and DJ Fontana, the original three guys he was playing with, uh, RCA Victor brought on Louisiana Hayride pianist Floyd Kramer who had performed off and on with the group uh, when they were on Louisiana Hayride, guitarist Chet Adkins, and three background singers. On January 10th, 1956, the group performed their first recording session with uh, the group performed their first recording sessions with RCA Victor in Nashville. This recording session produced Heartbreak Hotel, which was released as a single on January 27th. Also during January. Parker was able to book Elvis on CBS's Stage Show, a national television show filmed in New York City. Parker secured Elvis six appearances over the span of two months. On January 28th, after his first appearance, Elvis stayed in New York City to record at at the RCA studio there, and this recording session resulted in eight songs, one of which was was the cover of Carl Perkins' Blue Suede Shoes, which I actually... We did a group version of that song when I was in chorus. And we all fought over this like wooden guitar. <laughs> it was it was fun. Uh, in February, RCA re-released I Forgot to Remember to Forget, which Sun Records had released the previous August. This time it went to number one on the Billboard Country Chart. Shortly afterward, Neil's contract as manager was terminated and Tom Parker was made Elvis's manager. Old Tom. Uncle Tom, Mm -hmm. or Colonel Tom, one out. Uncle Tom had a cabin. (laughs) Uh, On March 23rd, 1956, RCA Victor released Elvis' self-titled album. The album featured five previously unreleased Sun recordings, along with seven recent recordings made at RCA. The album tracks were of a broad variety, with two country songs, a bouncy pop song, three R&B songs, and blue suede shoes. The album... Or this album, and mainly Blue Suede Shoes. Sorry, I jacked that up, and I feel like I have to burp. (laughs) Um, This album, mainly Blue Suede Shoes and the R&B tracks, revolutionized music and defined the sound of rock and roll. The album became the first rock and roll album that topped the Billboard chart, which it would then hold for 10 weeks. I feel like it's a long time. That is a fairly long time. Uh, I actually was at Trivia a couple weeks ago and the the way my trivia plays itself is oh no shit 
Oh no. Megan has died on her camera. I froze. Um, well, we're going to pause this recording and pick it up. Yep, figure that do, out. Do you want me to keep talking for the podcast? Nope, we're going to pause that nope, too. Pausing totally. Okay. So, all right, we'll be back. Um, all right. I think I think we're back. Are we recording? Uh, there we go. We're recording now. Okay. So I think Hello, we're... everybody. Yes. Problem problem solved for the time being. I'm Yay. sure it'll I'm sure it'll come back. Anyway, uh, where were we? So Elvis had just released uh, that album that had held. It was the first rock and roll album that topped the Billboard chart for which it held for ten weeks. Yes, and you said you were starting to say you were at trivia. Oh yes, that's right. I was at trivia, and uh, we do a final Jeopardy style question. And um, where you wager your points. Your points, and, yeah. And uh, the final question was something to the effect of who, which artist has the most singles on the Billboard chart reach number one, and it counts even songs that they were featured in. And the, the, uh, <laughs> The multiple choice was the uh, Beatles, Elvis, Rihanna, or Mariah Carey. And my first answer out of the, just before he named any choices, was the Beatles, which actually did end up being the correct answer. Oh, that is the um, right answer? Yes, it's the Beatles, uh, Mariah Carey, and then Elvis, and then... Rihanna. Rihanna. So, I think Elvis had 18. It was 20, mm-hmm. 19, 18. So, Beatles, and then Mariah had 19. And then Elvis. Elvis, Elvis had... 18, so still in the top three. Uh, interesting, interestingly, some historians argue that this album did more to make the guitar the lead instrument in rock and roll songs than any any other uh, thing did. <laughs> Unlike most R&B songs of the time, the guitar was the focus, not the piano. Some historians also think that the cover of the album, which was a photo of Elvis having the time of his life on stage, with a guitar in his hands, played a crucial role in making the guitar the instrument that best captured the style and the spirit of this new music. Despite Elvis not being an innovative guitarist like his black contemporaries Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley. In April of 1956, the world almost lost Elvis when a plane carrying him and the band to Nashville lost an engine, which almost caused the plane to crash. The entire band was unhurt, but they were all fairly shaken up. But they didn't let that stop them from performing. Uh, late April, in late April, Elvis began a two-week residency in Las Vegas at the New Frontier Hotel and Casino, where he was not received very well by the middle-aged conservative guests who were typical for the hotel. But despite this, Elvis performed for the entire two weeks, and. Uh, during this time, signed a seven-year contract with Paramount Pictures. Apparently, Elvis had, quote, serious acting ambitions, end quote. And I apologize for some of the weird pauses in here. I'm trying to check and make sure everything's still recording and that Megan's still coming through on the camera and that I'm still coming through. So I'm trying to run the show Tyler's, and present it to Tyler's being the, the jack of all trades craziness that he does. Um, so I apologize for the oddball. Breaks. He, 
Elvis does look like he is having the time of his life on that album cover. Yes, he does. And I, I had to go back and <laughs> I got sucked into a lot of Elvis. Uh, I don't want to call it lore, but like I was like, I want to see that album cover. And I, I'm going to talk about a scene from a TV show that he did. That I was like, I need to go see if this scene is something I can find, you know? So I got sucked into a lot of stuff like that doing this. Uh, after leaving Vegas, Elvis toured around the Midwest, and while on tour, he attended several shows by Freddie Bell and the Bell Boys, where he was captivated by their cover of Hound Dog, a song that was originally made a hit by Big Mama Thornton. It wasn't long before Hound Dog was his closing song during performances. Great song. I found this funny, but I'm not going to dive deep into the story for the sake of time. After a show in La Crosse, Wisconsin, a letter was sent by a local Catholic official to J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI director, stating that Elvis was a, quote, danger to the security of the United States. Oh, my God. And that his, and that, quote, his actions and motions were such as to rouse the sexual passions of teenage youth, end quote. Oh, my God. The proof that was expressed... Uh, that was expressed in the letter stemmed from two high school girls, quote, whose abdomen and thigh had Presley's autograph, end quote. Scandalous. I mean, I'm a stick in the mud, but damn, that's pretty <laughs> bad. Um, anyways. Scandalous. Yeah. Let me just <sighs> cover my ankles. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, on June 5th, 1956, Elvis performed his second of two scheduled appearances on the Milton Berle show. This performance ignited critics of Elvis, and surprisingly, I guarantee, guarantee that most of you have seen this performance and probably don't realize it. Unless, you know, you were around back then, and then maybe you might know where you've seen it. Prior to the performance, Milton Berle persuaded Elvis to leave his guitar backstage advising him, quote, let him see you, son, end quote. So Elvis performed that night without a guitar. Halfway through the performance of Hound Dog, Elvis and his band, with a wave of his arm, he signaled to the band to slow the song down, and he began gyrating and moving his hips with, quote, exaggerated body movements, end quote. In response to this performance, television critics lit him up with one claiming that Elvis had, quote, no singing ability, end quote, and that his movements, quote, primarily identified with the repertoire of the blonde bombshells and the burlesque runway, end quote. Ed Sullivan, who hosted the nation's most popular uh, variety show, which all these were variety shows, called Elvis, quote, unfit for family viewing, end quote. Now, I am going to touch on where I think everybody knows that performance from. I think from. I know where it's from, but now I'm scared. I think I'm going to be wrong, but hold, I think I'm right. Hold on. Okay. Um, I was at, I was watching the Super Bowl at the party, having done this research the previous day, and having watched the scene in question, and then I am watching Rihanna mm-hmm. dancing around at the Super Bowl, and I'm like, Elvis was unfit for family viewing, and we have this. Not saying that it's should or shouldn't be allowed. 
My how times have changed. My how times have changed. Yes, that's that's what I'm trying to say. I'm curious. Write down where you think where you think you've seen that scene, and I will we'll see if you're right. Okay. That's actually the next paragraph, so I'm going to let you get it written down while I drink okay. on some whiskey. It's ri- it's written down. It's scribble written, but it's written. You can tell what it says. All right. So. Oh, the smile. <laughs> so where have you seen this performance? You're right. Oh, I knew it. Okay. So where have you seen this performance from 1956 before, you might be wondering? Well, I made a joke last week about Elvis learning from Forrest Gump how to dance. Well, in the movie, there's a scene where Forrest and his mother see Elvis dancing on TV, on TV through the TV like shop the- window. The performance on TV is the beginning of this part when he slowed down Hound Dog on the, uh, in 1956 on the Milton Berle show. Uh, and that was the performance that outraged the older generation. Which, if you've seen the movie, is part of the reason why Forrest's mother gets upset and marches him away. And I actually went back and rewatched the scene while I was doing the research. Like I said, I kind of got sucked into some of these things. Yeah. And I was so sad, like in just that brief 30 second scene, got sucked into Forrest Gump. And I was upset that I didn't have time to watch the you whole movie. You didn't have time to watch all of Forrest I Gump. I <laughs> love that movie. It is the, it is easily in my top two movies. Oh, top two. What's the other one? Uh, they bounce back and forth. It's Saving Private Ryan. Oh, that's a good and one. Too. Those two jockey for position, and, and usually my favorite one is whichever one I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but man, I love Forrest Gump, and I have not seen it. I usually watch that movie at least once a year, and it's definitely been more than a year since I've seen it. You need to sit down and watch it. I so I usually put it on when my family's here around oh, Thanksgiving okay. or Christmas. Okay. Um. But. Yeah, so I was upset. I was watching that, and I got sucked into Forrest Gump, and I'm like, crap, I have to finish this research. (laughs) Um, So despite the outrage from critics, the ratings were so high that Elvis was quickly booked on the Steve Allen show. Excuse me. Steve Allen was not a fan of rock and roll and introduced a, quote, new Elvis, end quote. On this appearance, Elvis was wearing a tuxedo with a white bow tie. Supposedly... Supposedly, Alan did not like Elvis and tried to set things up on the show so that Elvis would, quote, show his contrition, end quote. Contrition? Contrition, contrition. Apparently, that means to be remorseful for one's actions when I looked it up. So, contrite, at least. So, Alan would actually later state that he found Elvis's, quote, country boy charisma and charming eccentricity intriguing, end quote. I got to sound them out. I'm that smart, guys. <laughs> um, let me get the cameras so that they're not going to shut off. Um, uh, let's see. So he he found Elvis basically to be likable. Um, and he he decided he was going to work him into the, quote, comedy fabric of the show. Elvis actually had a different outlook on the situation, saying, quote, I'm holding down on this show. I don't want to do anything to make people dislike me. I think TV is important, so I'm going to go along, but I won't be able to give the kind of show I do in a personal appearance, end quote. So basically, Elvis realized that he had pissed people off and he was just trying to make nice with them and not be himself 
so that he could make dice. Um, Alan uh, set out to disrupt Elvis's persona. He found he liked the kid. Elvis went along because he didn't want to screw up the opportunity, like I just said. Uh, the ratings were so high that Ed Sullivan, despite what he had previously said in response to the Milton Berle performance, booked Elvis for three appearances for an unprecedented $50,000. Oh, that's more than he signed that contract for. Ed Sullivan was the most popular variety show yeah. at the time, so it was a big deal to go on that show. And I think this next part is hilarious. After watching Elvis's performances on the Burl and Allen shows, Sullivan and his producers believed that Elvis, quote, got some kind of device hanging down below the crotch of his pants. So when he moves, so when he moves his legs back and forth, you can see the outline of his cock. I think it's a Coke bottle. We just can't have this on a Sunday night. This is a family show, end quote. So basically they thought that Elvis was dangling a Coke bottle down his pants to show off his junk. Oh, honey. Yep. So Sullivan and his producers decided to only film Elvis from the waist up when he was dancing. Despite this, the first appearance on the Ed Sullivan show made Elvis a national celebrity in proportions that very few others had ever achieved. Elvis also performed a new song while on the Ed Ed Sullivan show, Love Me Tender, which resulted in a million advance orders. Jesus. Yeah. On November 21st, Elvis's first motion picture was released, also called Love Me Tender. He was not the top-billed actor, but in order to capitalize on the popularity of his new single, uh, he was heavily promoted, and the name was actually changed from something else to Love Me Tender. Um, and they wrote multiple... It, was, it, was a, it wasn't a musical, but they wrote in multiple musical numbers for Elvis's character. Because they wanted to capitalize on, on Elvis. Elvis, yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, this is more of a little fun fact. Um, on December 4th, Elvis stopped into Sun Records, that old record company, the first record company he was going to, where Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Johnny Cash were all recording. This resulted in the four having a spontaneous recording slash jam session. Since Elvis was signed to RCA Victor, Sun could not release any of the recordings made, but Elvis made sure that the session was recorded. It would ultimately be released 20 years, 25 years later and become known as the, quote, million-dollar quartet, end quote. That's cool. During his first full year with RCA Victor, which was the largest record company at the time, Elvis accounted for over half of their singles. He was... Already the king. Yeah. So. Yeah, he was big. Bigger than big. Like. My grandmother loved Elvis. Um, During 1957, Elvis performed his final of the three Sullivan Show appearances. Uh, he released three new singles, became an international star, bought Graceland, his mansion in Memphis, Tennessee, recorded and released the Jailhouse Rock EP, went on three tours, got criticized by Frank Sinatra, who'd basically done what Elvis was doing, only in a different genre 15 years earlier. And he recorded a Christmas album. It was a heck of a year. But there's so much that if I went went into detail about everything, this would be a 16-episode series. (laughs) So for the sake of time, we're jumping to Elvis being drafted into the U.S. Army, which was uh, 1950s. 
57, maybe? I forgot he got 56 or 57. So, old Uncle Colonel Tom Parker. He was aware of Elvis's status with the Selective Service and requested in 1956 that the Pentagon allow Elvis to be considered for the Special Service, which would basically let Elvis complete six weeks of basic training and then live life normally, occasionally performing, or I'm sorry, performing several times per year for the armed forces. Um, apparently, everybody knew that Elvis's whatever group in the Selective Service uh, he was in, there, they knew that there was a good chance they were going to be drafted. So it didn't come as a surprise, um, which <laughs> a little fun little side story here. Shelby had no idea what the selective service was no, un- until about, I don't know, two or three months ago. But I guess uh, being a lady, she had never really heard about it. So I mean, yeah, it's not something that everyone hears about every single day. Yeah. So yeah. I had to, I don't know if I still have to, but uh, yeah, I had to keep that card. You're 30. So yeah, I'm pretty I sure I'm out of it. I don't think like, you are. In, when I, I think was it in goes high school, until you're 30. I think it's 26. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I think I've been out for a while. I'm too fat and old anyway. They, <laughs> they wouldn't take my ass. Um, but yeah, I had to, I carried that card in my wallet for 10 years. Yeah. Plus, easy. Yeah, I remember having it in high school. Um. And going and signing up at the damn post office or mm-hmm. wherever the hell I had to go sign up. I was terrified of getting drafted, but I don't, I'm not going to say I don't think it would have been bad, but it would have been an interesting uh, life path. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, Colonel Tom Parker uh, was aware of his status, Elvis's status, and he requested he be in the special service, um, which he basically would get to perform for the armed forces. Um, Elvis would not be perfect would not be paid for these performances other than just standard military pay and they would be recorded and filmed to be sold to television stations worldwide and the armed forces would own all the rights to these meaning that they would keep all the profits old colonel uncle tom was not about to allow this so he led elvis to think that he could completely avoid the draft mm. when elvis discovered that he would have to serve as a regular soldier, he was furious with Parker. But Parker explained that this would uh, win him, basically win over the older generation. If he served as a regular GI for two years, he'd come back as, quote, a bigger star than when he left, end quote. Uh, He just kind of pulled the wool over Elvis's eyes here, led him to think he wasn't going to be drafted, knowing full well he was, because he didn't want anybody else profiting off of Elvis. Kind of a dick. Money makes the world go round. It's money that keeps your pants square. Sorry, Mr. Krabs said that to Spongebob. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Don't at me. (laughs) So Elvis arrived at Fort uh, Chaffee, Chaffee, Arkansas, and arranged uh, for this... uh, Uncle Colonel Tom had arranged for this to be treated like a major media event with several photographers and members of the press there. Uh, when he stepped off, stepped off the bus, Elvis announced that he was looking forward to his time in the military and that he did not want to be treated any differently than anyone else, saying, quote, the Army can do anything it wants with me, end quote. So he played along and made it look 
made a good show of it for the public, but behind behind scenes, he really he didn't. He was pissed. Yeah, he was not happy. Uh, after four days, not fours, after four days, Elvis was transferred to Fort Hood, Texas, where he was assigned to Company A, 2D Medium Tank Battalion, 37th Armor. And he would complete basic training by June. According to Elvis, he was enjoying his time in the military, but according to others whom he wrote letters to, he was very homesick. He hated training and was worried that his career was over. Between completing basic training and starting his advanced training, Elvis was able to get a week off, which he used to record new material in Nashville for RCA Victor. When he returned to Fort Hood, he was able to move uh, off post uh, because he purchased a house where he, his mother, father, and grandmother moved in. At this time, soldiers who had dependents living off post were allowed to live with them. So Elvis bought this house, moved his mom and dad and grandmother in who were dependent on him, and then he was able to live off post. Uh, having his family around helped to remedy his homesickness, but he was still very concerned about his career. Uh, Uncle Colonel Tom Parker was able to keep enough merchandise and material released during Elvis's stint in the Army that he kept his name out in the public, but Elvis secretly believed that he would never get back to the successes he'd had. He kind of just went along with whatever Uncle Colonel Tom was telling him. Uh at this time, Elvis's mother, Gladys, had begun drinking more in order to cope with Elvis's fame, and she had also begun taking diet pills in order to lose weight. When combined with her poor diet, this started causing her liver to fail, and on August 14, 1957, Gladys collapsed after having an argument with Elvis's father. Elvis arranged for them both to be returned to Memphis the following day. Um... No, I'm sorry. I got that. I got that wrong. That was she collapsed on August seventh, nineteen fifty-seven, and on August eighth, the following day, uh, he arranged for them to be both the fa- his father and mother to return to Memphis, where uh, she then on the fourteenth. No, I'm sorry. My dates are all jacked up here. So on the seventh, she collapsed after having the argument. On the eighth, they went to Memphis. On the ninth, she collapsed again and was rushed to a hospital. On August 11th, after speaking with her doctors over the phone, Elvis requested emergency leave to visit his mother, which was originally declined. Elvis then threatened to go AWOL and was ultimately given permission. Uh, This is an interesting note. The officer who originally denied the request was disciplined for his actions. Apparently, he was supposed to. He was kind of being a dick to Elvis. Yeah. On August 14th, Gladys died from... Liver failure? Uh, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. C-I-R-R-H-O-S-I-S of the liver. That's cirrhosis? Yeah, it sounds like cirrhosis. Looks like cirrhosis. Um, but at the time, because they didn't necessarily know uh, that her liver was failing, they listed it as a heart attack. Her death affected Elvis and his father greatly. Uh, her funeral was held on August 15th. Quick turnaround. Um, And Elvis reportedly collapsed several times before, during, and after the Mm. service. She had always been the most important person in his life. Um, His leave was extended until the 18th when he was forced back 
forced to return back to Fort Hood. When he left, he left instructions that his mother's room not be altered. Mm. And as much as I hate to do this, and, you know, I set a spoiler alert, this is going to have to become a three-part series. I did... I did two and a half extra pages than I normally do in research, and I was still nowhere near being done. So there's just so much information. I want to do it justice. So we're going to pick up, uh, I guess, in two weeks. Okay. Yeah, two weeks, and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at Elvis. We're gonna start with Elvis's military time in Germany. Okay. And then we'll finish out the rest of his life, hopefully. Uh. That does not mean we don't have an episode next yes, week. No, no, we Megan will is... have an episode. We're just going to take a break from Elvis. It'll be one of my wonder segments, and then it'll be Elvis again. So, yes, that stick just... around. We will be here next week. Yes, that just frees me up to play with wood. Yeah, play pretty, with your wood. Pretty much, <laughs> boys <laughs> and their wood. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Megan, you have these sound effects. Over I know Come I on. do. I forgot. Do better. I forgot. Trivia with Tyler. Boy, it sure would be uh, nice if I had... Uh, trivia ready? If I had it ready. Um, <laughs> well. Oh, well, uh, I would like to know a trivia with Tyler. One of them Tyler Nuggets. Oh, Tyler Nugget. Oh, man, I haven't had a Tyler Nugget in two weeks. So there's a, <laughs> a funny story. There's a guy... <laughs> Uh, he's, he's been a commentator for NASCAR for years. He was a crew chief. He's a very smart guy. Um, and his name is Larry McReynolds, but everybody calls him Larry Mack. And, um, I love, I love Larry Mack Reynolds, Larry Mc, you know, Larry Mack, mm-hmm. Larry McReynolds, whatever. Um, and he, he was on the broadcast today and he goes, Guys, I'm going to give y'all a Larry Mac Nugget. <laughs> and I <laughs> lost Mac my Nugget. shit. Um, but yeah, he's uh I love Larry Mac. He's such a smart dude. Um, all right. So bananas naturally produce antimatter. <laughs> Roughly every 75 minutes, one positron is produced by the trace amounts of potassium 40 that is naturally occurring in bananas. So, what the fuck? There you go, bananas <laughs> doing more than you thought they were, more than just being nasty. Being nasty? Yeah, I don't like a banana. You don't like bananas? Negative. Tyler, you're so weird. But you like Jack? Yeah, I do. Okay, whatever. I don't like uh, banana. I don't like banana. Uh, like banana bread either. You're so. Final thoughts. Well, th- this has been a plain Jane basic bitch whiskey. And it's been pretty good. If you're a whiskey drinker, this is a night. This is like, this is a, just a, what a whiskey is. I don't want to say supposed to taste like because it's not what it. When I think whiskey, this is the flavor profile I get. Like it is plain Jane, simp- 
simple. It's not a not a bourbon. It's not as sweet as a bourbon needs to be. It is just a simple, basic whiskey. This is like if someone was like, I've never had whiskey before. I want to know what whiskey tastes like. Not scotch, not bourbon, but what does whiskey taste like? I'd be like, try mellow corn. I almost said yellow. Try mellow corn. Um, did you put any water in it? I did. What did you think with water? I only got a little bit with water because I drank a little bit too much of it without water. Um, but it seemed like it didn't affect it a whole lot for me. Really? It was still maybe a little like a little bit um, woodier. But so I, I wouldn't say it really affected the flavor. It just kind of brought the spice down. It yeah. mellowed it. It mellowed the mellow corn out. It mellowed the mellow. Um, I, I agree with what you said. This is this is a fine bottle. Yeah, fine bottle, and I don't mean that as like a um. Uh, you know, like an insult. I mean, that is, it's a, it's yeah. a fine bottle. Yeah. I would, if I saw this again, I would buy I it. I would buy it. it. I would I, buy this in a heartbeat. I would, especially for the price point, <clears throat> I would give this to friends that I don't think like whiskey. I'd probably put a uh, ice cube in there or maybe some water just yeah. to kind of bring it down a little bit, mellow it out. Uh, I would also... Mix this. Mm-hmm. There's, this is a very versatile whiskey. 100% what you're saying is exactly what I'm feeling. Yeah. Like, I, it is a fine whiskey. It's good. I, this is, this is something that if I see it on the shelf of the ABC store, I'm going to be like, I'm going to get that right now. Good luck. <laughs> if I see it, I'll grab it. I would, um, we have done, this is the first Heaven Hill product I think we've done on here. And I would recommend if you see anything Heaven Hill. It's hard Grab to it. find around here. Grab it. Let's try it. Okay. If I see anything, I will. I found their bottled and bond. Uh, that same day, I was going to spend $400 at one BBC store, and that was one I had to put back. Um. All right. So give me a number. I mean, so because this is like the basic of the whiskeys, like normally I would put this at like a middle ground um, because like it is, there's nothing special about it, but it's not bad. Like I would put this like right in the middle of the road. However, with its price point, I feel like I have to give it an additional point because it's just so incredibly cost effective for a good whiskey. I would say this, I would give this probably a six. Okay. That's, that's my reasoning behind it. Like this is something I will 100%, I will buy it again. If I see it, like I'm grabbing it. It is not a $50 bottle. It's a $15 bottle. This bottle is so worth that price point. That is like, mwah, chef's kiss. Yes, ma'am. Melicorn, do it. I am not far off of you. I, you know, sometimes you're thinking about it and a number just appears in your head. And um, it. It just, it popped in my head today, and it's six and a half. All right, six and a half. Nice. Nice. And I'm, uh, uh, you know, just, I really enjoy the flavor of it. I I will admit the first time I had this, I was actually out of town um, when Shelby and I went with her family into the 
uh, in mountains of North Carolina and back in, I think it was October. Um, maybe it was September. I don't remember. Anyway, um, friend John, her brother, John brought mellow corn and, uh, I'll be honest. The first time I didn't really care for it, but the more I've had it after I got a bottle, the more I've had it, this is not bad, especially for the price point. So no, for the price point, this is worth every penny. I guess that about does it for this episode of Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, if you're not on YouTube, go check us out on YouTube. Uh, all the links and stuff will be in the description, but you'll have to search Whiskey and Wonder right now. We don't have a, enough subscribers. Go like and subscribe. Hit the thumbs Please. up button and the bell because uh, it helps us. Uh, once we get a certain amount of subscribers, we can get a get nice a URL. custom URL mm -hmm. and, and kind of advance. Check us out, whiskeyandwonder.com. Uh, email us if you want to talk to us. Contact at whiskeyandwonder.com as well. All for the sure. other stuff is going to be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for your support. Yes, thank you guys so much. You are amazing. We could not do this without you. So thank you for helping us get to 101 episodes. And here's to 101 more. Um, thank you guys so much. There's not a lot more to be said other than don't drink and drive. Cheers.